today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Jason here. Derek, Kanye West is at it again, this time going after Casper Rorstadt, the CEO of Adidas. He's had a long-standing beef with Adidas, obviously a long partnership as well that made gobs and gobs of money for sure. both. But now they've pissed him off a few times, and he, on the heels of going in on the Gap uh, board of directors and their their apparatchik. He's now going after Adidas. What is going on with this guy? Yeah, the 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 calm water, the calm Kanye waters are roiling again. Is what I would say. <laughs> these ha- these things happen in fits and starts. Kanye has been pretty quiet after the the the, the Pete uh, Davidson incident. Um, you know, he went after Pete very heavy. He gets into these rants and these periods where he goes on Twitter and just starts obsessively uh, sort of tweeting lots of different things. I think he's getting into one of those. This yeah. one is about Adidas. The one that uh, fascinated me was that he took on all of Gap. You know, and by these the way, are his partners. And that one wasn't on social media. He was face-to-face with them. It wasn't sort of in the, behind the... Everybody's brave on social media. He got in front of this sea of Gap executives, as people that are trying to save this de- dying company, yes. and just ranted at them. Yeah, and, and look, Kanye is very important. He's obviously a guy who moved a lot of shoes. He is a brand ambassador. He's very creative spirit. But Gap is a big, staid old company that moves a lot of khakis. And I don't think Kanye really understands where his placement is in the company, necessarily. I think you disagree with this, but Kanye West is not a savior of necessarily Gap. Gap is certainly considered a dinosaur in some respects, but it's massive. It's a multi-billion dollar enterprise that is doing a line with Kanye where they brought out some garbage bags and he's trying to sort of inject some energy into the brand. But I think the Gap doesn't need Kanye West. You disagree with that, or you look very skeptical. Oh, I totally disagree with that. I think the Gap, I mean, we, we all know the Gap is a dying company, literally dying, in that it's closing stores left and right. It's hemorrhaging money. All of its quarterly reports are disastrous. Its stock has gotten... Hammer, hammer. But do you think they would just hammered. yield and let Kanye West I, I, hijack the company well, and do with it what he wants? They certainly don't very... want to. They certainly don't want to. Yeah. But I do think he was used the term savior. Maybe he was their lifeline, right? He was. He was sort of the the thing that they hoped would raise from the depths. Just to use metaphor after metaphor, sure. raise from the depths. The, this this once grand company when I was a kid and even when you were a kid, right? This was the biggest and the baddest of clothing makers. Oh man, ba- I'm back to school week. You would it go to the Gap the and you get a bunch of new outfits. But not just anecdotally, it was also a trendsetter yeah. and it was all over. I mean, every commercial was the Gap, whatever. But now it's it's clearly not what it once was. And I think they were looking at Kanye to pull it to to, to revamp it up, the preppy to, brand that y- Gap was and let him well, just sort of take it over. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The last part, obviously, they didn't want to do, but they knew, they certainly knew when they were getting in be- into bed with Kanye West, you take the good, you take the bad, right? He's obviously a brilliant designer. More than being a brilliant designer, he is the most famous designer in the yep. world, not even close. And he has the influence to elevate a brand in a way that Gap desperately needed. So I have a feeling, we haven't obviously haven't seen the contractual documents, it's not public, yep. that that they he, they ceded a lot of power to him. And yeah. when they start making decisions that aren't consistent with him, he gets mad and he says that is not what I expected. Yeah, I think there could be a genuine like sort of uh, lack of meeting of the minds about what this relationship is. I think of Kanye West as a glorified, and this is going to so- sound belittling him, but like Kathy Ireland did a line at Kmart and it was huge in its day. You remember when Kathy sure, Ireland? of course. I thought they were bringing, and I think some of the Gap executives maybe thought, hey, we're bringing in Kanye West to inject some energy, bring in the youth because he has some cool ideas to do a line at the Gap, but not reinvent the Gap whole cloth. I mean, maybe, maybe they are now sort of blanching at the idea of what did we bring in here? We brought in a monster who's now trying to sink our company 
company rather yeah. than help us. I think this could yeah. be like a sort of a fraught relationship that they maybe just want to distance themselves. At yeah, this point. just to give this a little color, and then we can lead back into to the Adidas uh, mess now. So they they had had what he was so upset is about is that Gap apparently had held some meetings without him, and one of the products of that meeting was that uh, he had accused Gap. Kanye had accused Gap of copying Yeezy's Gap and to to create some. He had Kanye created something for Balenciaga, yes. a design. He accused the Gap of trying to copy that design for even their own purposes. Even though he's working with them, even though he's working with them, partner, maybe they, they weren't working right. on that particular line. But they had meetings about this. He wasn't invited to those meetings. The Gap people are like, "What are you talking about?" To your point, what are you talking about? You, we appreciate what you did, but we're still a company that can do other things that aren't Kanye and yes. might, you might think they look like him we certainly weren't copying anything and Kanye doesn't take well to those and if you were guessing who's laboring under the misapprehension of the business re- relationship who would you say is it the, ga- the state depends, how you, look at, depends, depends how you look at it or Kanye depends West. how you look at it uh, clearly Kanye is overstating his authority in all these places I think we know that to be a fact but from the, when I look at the gap, I'm like, you knew who you were getting in bed with. Fair you point. knew that this person was going to try not just to get what's on paper, but everything else that comes with it. Yes. And I, I really He's do a high risk, high reward proposition sort of, to you, work if with. If you date Halle Berry, mm-hmm. you get the benefit of <laughs> right. being with one of the most beautiful women in the history of the world. Yes. You also know she's a little nutty. We've yes. seen enough evidence of it to know that she's a little nutty. So when things go south, don't come and say, wow, I really right. thought that was going to end well. We know that that's not You can't act surprised. Right. When, the, when we say take the bitter with the sweet, there's going to be some bitter. I mean, right. Kanye is a known uh, sort of entity at this point. He is erratic. That's part of his that's part of sort what of you, creative drive right. and appeal. And why he's able to sell so much product, but now he's when doing the same sideways. thing with, with Adidas as well. I guess a month or so ago, he was very upset because Adidas re- released a slipper that yeah. was similar to his design. He felt, and I actually looked at it, I thought it was really similar to his design. But I think it's Adidas, when they got Kanye on board, thought, oh, we now have the right to do this. It's part of the value proposition for them is not yes. just to give what he take what he gives us, but to build off with derivative products that will also sell so everybody gets more. Kanye says, not so fast. At least not with having me at the board meetings or right. wherever he wanted to go to. I, I, and, Kanye's a strange, strange person in a lot of ways because why he wanted to be invited to all of the Gap meetings, which I'm sure involved complicated financials that he's uninterested in. I'm, I'm sure this meeting was not designed to have Kanye West, but he thought, you left me out of it. Right. And, and I want to be there. And so, that's all that matters. So now with Adidas, he's he's taken, he, he put on social media a fake New York Times headline, which said that Adidas CEO Casper, I think it's pronounced Rorsted, uh, died at the age of 60. Casper Rorsted is alive, <laughs> well, quite fit, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And Kanye uh, loves doing this. He did an obituary for Pete for, Davidson. For Davidson so right. This he is likes his way of saying this is his way of saying you're dead in my mind and therefore you're dead to the world. But but to the to the broader point is what's going on with Kanye West and is this sort of a prelude to one of his longer episodes where I don't know who his next target would be. These all seem business related, so I'm not yet ready to say that he's just going to go on a tear. It doesn't seem to be in the personal sphere with Kim Kardashian, but these things have a tendency to proliferate with him. So and, we've seen this a couple times before, yeah. right? We saw this most recently with Pete Davidson and and Kim where he could not stop saying awful Threat, uh, awful things about Pete Davidson and and Kim threatening in sort of thinly veiled terms, threatening Pete Davidson's life, yes. um, really raising the specter that people who are followers and uh, you know people allegiant to uh, to Kanye might 
do something really bad. I think Pete was worried for a while. But then um, it stops. But then it Someone stopped. must tell him or well, the episode I don't think runs. Tells anything. I think if the episode runs or whatever. He has said in the past, including here within TMZ's walls, he said in the past that he has gone off of his medication. Uh, which destabilizes him. He he hates the side effects of the medication, which everybody can understand. That yeah. These are drugs that affect the brain. They and have he feels they dull his creative they, vision they, exactly. and so forth. So yeah. he's gone on and off of his medication. We have no idea if that's at, at play here. But I do think that the, the, the incredible... Uh, perseveration over over Pete and Kim that he had for a long period of time that suddenly turned off. What turns yes. a person like that off? I don't think it's a good talking to, right? No, I think I think that does just the opposite. When people try to counsel him, I think it tends to sort of uh, you know worsen the situation yeah. with Kanye. So it's a difficult problem. Uh, wh when the episodes sort of start running, I think people need some tools for how to handle it, the, the, how to make it sort of run its course most quietly. But it remains to be seen. I, I, I think this could. Uh, this could be the start of a longer episode, so we'll have to wait and see. But let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's move to uh, Britney Spears and Kevin Federline. Are we say? shifting gears? Are we? Yeah, I don't know. We're sort of in the same <laughs> milieu in, in some ways. Uh, but Kevin Federline, this has been fascinating. So during the entire sort of conservatorship episode and Britney sort of dismantling the conservatorship, the conservatorship is over. Kevin Federline has sort of stayed on the sidelines for the most part. Her her crosshairs were firmly on Jamie Spears. She then shifted her uh, her target to her own mother and said Lynn Spears was sort of complicit in all this and I'm actually more mad at her than I ever was at my father who this is more par for the course. He was always right. this kind of father, a control freak. Well, now when she when she brought her kids into the, the mess and said, look, I haven't seen my kids and basically went on a, a, a rant uh, expressing that they were ungrateful, I, I think was the nature of the rant. It's like, I have these two teenage boys who won't listen to me and I demand respect. And she was very, very frustrated in a public fashion. That's when Kevin Federline got involved. Kevin Federline then ran to his son's defense and said, listen, yes, they haven't seen their mother in months and uh, there's a reason. And he put out these videos of Britney sort of chastising her son, some, some personal videos, and he's still out there in public. Now he's done this interview with 60 Minutes where he's expressing more broadly. 60 Minutes. Australia. Australia. Yeah, that's yeah. right. 60 Minutes Australia, the down under version. Yeah. Um, so he's expressing more broadly what he thought of the conservatorship because we really haven't heard from him. He, he, has, he has played it sort of tight to the vest. And what he said was he was mortified that it happened. Yeah. I mean, even though they were exes at that point, this was an embarrassing episode. He definitely felt bad that it was happening to Britney because he obviously had strong feelings. She right. is the mother of his children. But he said that he had to really look out for the boys during all of yeah. this because she was not in a good state of affairs. I, I, I can't tell exactly what he's saying he was mortified about. Was he saying he was mortified about the fact that she acted so poorly that she had to go into conservatorship or that a conservatorship was imposed upon her. I think he was general. My, my read of it, and we'll have to see sort of the, the all, all we've seen so far is teasers of this, but yeah. I think what he's saying is this episode is a sad thing for anyone to go through. Whether or not it's merited, I don't know if he'll get into more depth about that. My sense from the situation is that he thought the boys needed to be protected and someone did need to intervene. So I don't think he was against the yeah, conservatorship at its impression. inception. Yeah. So, so you know, they still have uh, teenage boys, uh, 15 and 16. And 16, 16, yeah. 16 and 15, it's Sean and Jaden. Um, he has expressed for recently that he's very worried about them and he's trying to yeah. protect them. And basically that's his entire sort of reason for being at this moment is to protect these kids. It must be very difficult for these kids to watch their mom, even now, right? Because if you watch her social media stuff, it seems... It, 
I don't want to characterize it. It's it's it, it, it comes off as being a little bit wacky. Yeah. And uh, I think it's probably embarrassing for them. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Kids are mean and mean to each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pay some sort of a price, a, a, a social price for for these antics. Obviously, she's also ins- insanely successful and wealthy and all those well, things. Well, that's a huge part of it. That. She has a huge platform to express herself. She's got millions, tens of millions of followers on all of Instagram. And she goes on and she goes on a rant against her kids. It frames them in a certain way to the public. Yeah. And maybe the public is inclined to say, oh, these kids do sound like ingrate so it would be great to have Britney Spears as a mother and Kevin seems to dive into the fray saying look I'm their father and here's the counterpoint to that uh, it seems like the impulse of a protective sort of uh, father because the boys are really sort of they don't want to I think be publicly against their mother but they need someone to defend you know their position in all yeah. of this if they haven't seen their mother for months it's a very sad situation to see these sort of, sort of domestic squabbles on such a public stage I find yeah. What happens to K-Fed once these kids move out of the house and the child support uh, payments stop? K-Fed's a survivor, man. Yeah. I, I think K-Fed is like a hustler. Yeah. I, I think he'll, he'll maybe get back in the studio, do he'll Popo's Out Part 2. I think everything will be okay. So, Derek, we want to transition yeah. to sex. All uh, right, let's do it. Sex at uh, at baseball games in particular. We've mm-hmm. had two incidents recently. It is. I mean, <laughs> no pun intended, but there's a rash. Well, hopefully not a rash. Um, we had two incidents. We had uh, two people in the stands at an Oakland A's game uh, very recently who were seen, she was seen providing... Uh, very sparsely attended, we should Very we should sparsely attended. And uh, there's a couple, a man and a woman, and the woman is uh, performing fellatio yes. on him up in, the, up in a distant corner of the stands. There are some adults within maybe 200 feet of them. Sure. Um, it's hard to not know that kind of thing is happening, right? Yeah. You sort of sense I, it behind you. You sort of have a sixth sense, a spidey sense, <laughs> right. the hairs on the back of your neck start right. standing up. Yeah. So uh, she's performing fellatio on him in a corner of the stadium. The, the, we'll talk about the investigation into these sure. people and the attempts to arrest them, I guess, yes. uh, for, for this. This follows on the heels a couple days ago. We had two people in the stands the at a game. Blue Jays game up in Toronto. Those wacky Canadians, right? Yes. And and they're having sex. She has her Full pants da- pants down around her ankles and man he, on top of her thrusting away. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to describe what Do it ya? is. Do you? <laughs> we sex just did. wasn't enough. <laughs> um, so, but but anyway. Yep. So in the Oakland A situation, cops are investigating this. Yeah, cops are investigating. Look, this was like it was a thinly populated game, but this is still a lewd act in public. Yes. And, and baseball games are obviously family-oriented activities usually. There could have been kids around. Uh, again, there were not. So I see this issue a little bit differently than if, if, if it had been sort of a crowded game and they were having sex. Yeah. But the cops are taking it seriously. They released a, a photo of who they suspect was the couple uh, engaged in the act in the stands. And they're saying, look, contact us. If you know this couple, we'd love to sort of book them and, yeah. and charge them, I think, as a deterrent. I think people are, think you're, you're right. inclined to see this as sort of a joke, but they the cops don't see it that way. So, so I, I, you and I talked about this earlier yeah. and I took one position which is well, there's sort of overstepping what do we really care that much. I've thought more about it and I think I've changed my mind. Okay. And the reason is this. In the social media world I, it's not just sort of videos that go viral. It's it's activities that go viral and people emulate them and I can see We call it clout chasing. Clout chasing. I can see that if we don't sort of stamp down, stamp on this, yeah. right? stamp down on it, that we're going to have a rash of people, you know, having having sexual relations in the stands. When you were a kid, it was a little like the streakers. Remember, they would turn the cameras That's true. off. And That's the, the true. idea was, obviously, a streaker is so exciting, they would initially keep the cameras yeah. on the streaker, but then they wanted to deter the activity. They said, 
they want to be seen. So let's turn the cameras off. So we had streakers in the seventies, and all the way to, until now, we have these these drunk fools who get all, out of the stands and run across the the field or the pitch in Correct. soccer, right, and are taken down. And yes, they're yes they're arrested and ashamed and embarrassed. But at the same time, they've made the news. And they watch their buddies, and their buddies That's go right. ah. Can't you see that same thing happening with people having sex in the stands? I agree completely. And now you no longer need NBC to turn off his cameras for a streaker. Now anyone with a, with a cell phone makes these videos go viral. So the only recourse is to have them sort of criminally held to account and punished for this behavior. Otherwise, it'll just become rampant, right? We saw two of them. You're going to see, you know, sort of hundreds of them potentially because games are thinly attended. Baseball is sort of a dying sport. Oakland games aren't going to get more people in the stands. So I think you would see more sex. I think you're right. I, I think, think it's going to be, I think it's a rash of sex. I, I go back. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bristled at your use of the word rash, but I think that's exactly what it is. It's a rash. It's a monkey pucks of sex. I, I think. <laughs> it's, full, it's a full breakout. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think we're on the same page. No more sex in the stands. Or if you are having sex I'm in the stands. I'm not saying don't have be, sex in the stands. Yeah. You're just going to have to suffer the consequences if yeah, you do. That's yeah. it. You got a criminal record now, but maybe it was worth it. Depends yeah. on the sex. We want to close out with something very <laughs> exciting that TMZ is working on. This is ye- literally yeah. uh, 13 years in the making. We are launching a new uh, documentary. It's going to air Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, 7 Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, TMZ investigates who really killed Michael Jackson. This is something that the entire office has been working on for months. Yes. And like I said, 13 years in the making. It was in. It was. I had been here for three months. It was uh, June 20th, I believe, at 2000. Nine, Michael Jackson died. We were obviously we broke the story. One of the biggest stories the TMZ's ever broken. Um, one of the biggest stories in news for the decade, maybe. Yeah. Um, and we've done a full investigation here, and the the what we've seen is wild. Yeah. And look, if you were to ask people who killed Michael Jackson, nine out of ten people would tell you Conrad Murray. Right. That's the that's the story that everyone believes. Well, well, he was convicted. He was convicted. Of, convicted. Of killing him He's of homicide. The, right. the single name associated with the death of Michael Jackson. And what our investigation, uh, you know, turned up is that that's just not the case. Right. It, you know, all the blame falling on his shoulders is not the reality of what actually killed Michael Jackson. And there is a very, very complicated situation. You've got to watch this because it's still one of the it's not an enduring sort of mystery. We know what killed him. But what were the circumstances surrounding his death has really been shrouded in a lot of uh, sort right. of mystery and, and and misinformation. I think this really clears a lot up. And the most telling part of this whole thing. And, and I think one of the things that Harvey really hits on uh, throughout is that the uh, the head of the uh, investigative team, Olenda Martinez, the officer said that it's really Conrad Murray was treated unfairly through us. Not not that he didn't make mistakes, right. but the reason Michael Jackson was addicted to the the cocktail of prescription drugs is because of the way he a he got injured in the, in the Pepsi commercial where his head caught on fire and then b the years and years of drugs that he was introduced to by various physicians who just wanted to curry favor with him and gave him and got him hooked and it was Conrad Murray who uh, at the very least, provided him with the lethal dose. Look, he was but, the last guy watching. He was, but he yeah. became the scapegoat for the entire episode, and it it, it actually is just sort of false. And yes. that, this documentary does a lot to sort of clear that air a little bit. Doctor Conrad Murray was convicted of killing Michael Jackson, but that's not the real story. Who really killed Michael Jackson? Doctors like Arnold Klein, who regularly plied patients with opioids. People died. In some way, I was part of it. Give me a minute. I will always love Michael. There's a lot of folks to blame that have never had a reckoning. TMZ investigates who really killed Michael Jackson, September 6th on Fox. 
so fascinating stuff. Derek and I have seen it. it, it it's it's really it's it's great work. I think they have a lot to be proud of the folks who produced it. Anyway, thanks very much. We will not be here on Monday, right? We're taking Labor Day off. You doing anything fun? Yeah, I'm going. To, I'm going up uh, to the mountains. Oh, me too. Staying in the house. Oh, maybe I'll see you there. No, where are you staying? Lake Arrowhead. Me too. No, you're not. Yeah. Oh man, you want to come do. over our house? No, are we, you really? Yeah. Oh, we have no, to talk about this off. We're actually not. All, All right. right, see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 